0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Brunch and Learn. I'm your host, Nicole Dillon, and this is a podcast for women who love to brunch, like myself. Here, we talk about two of my favorite topics, brunch, obviously, and the idea that we can learn something new every day. Each episode, we'll interview a new female powerhouse, gab as though we're girlfriends at brunch, and learn something for our brains so let's get started hey everyone and welcome to this week's episode of brunch and learn this week we are speaking with carolyn stein she is a past brunch speaker alumni of ours she's a sweetheart wonderful to talk to and we had such a fun time discussing everything from social media algorithms to content creation. What does that creative process look like to influencers that we are really loving right now? And a little bit more about Carolyn herself. She is a content creator. She's an influencer, an entrepreneur, a writer, and a female founder. You know, over the past few years she has built a namesake for herself on her instagram and her blog which is caro city which is a lifestyle destination for millennial women looking for insider intel on all things recipes restaurants travel destinations great reads and so much more and what i love about Carolyn is she has such a cheeky, punny point of view on her content, so I highly suggest checking her out. On her business, she runs Carolyn Stein Consulting and helps with small brands in the realm of travel and food, wellness, sustainability, to really find their unique voice and creative digital content strategy to showcase their brand proposition. So there's a really interesting content conversation that we had. So I really hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Hi, everyone. Hi, you. Hi. Uh, So how
0: about we get started? Tell us Who you are a little bit about yourself what are you working on
1: absolutely um hi guys i am carolyn stein Um, i am the founder and owner of carolyn stein consulting um, which is a small digital um, excuse me digital consulting business that focuses on helping people with their content strategy their content creation and i also do long form writing Um, And I focus on smaller brands and startups in the spaces of food and travel, sustainability, and wellness primarily. Um, I'm also a micro-influencer myself on the side. So I kind of exist on both sides of this coin where I'm both creating content for brands and kind of helping them to determine what their strategic presence is on different platforms. And then also doing it for myself and creating content for brands that lives on my own platform.
0: Nice. Uh, So... Diving right into kind of basics. I know, like you just said, we, you work on both the brand side of the content strategy and the micro-influencer side. In terms of working with a brand, how would you overall define content strategy? And what does that kind of day-to-day planning strategy look like when you're starting to work with a brand?
1: So I think about content strategy as a way that the brand can leverage content to help them meet their larger business goals. So content shouldn't exist in a vacuum, right? It should be created strategically and with really measurable KPIs that are tied to the organization's kind of marketing, digital, um, and larger business goals. You know, It really, truly serves a purpose. Um, It's easy for, you know, using Instagram as an example to put some pretty pictures up on a grid, right? We can all do that. But how those assets tie back to and bolster what you're trying to do on a macro business scale for the organization is where content strategy really comes in. Um, So when I work with a brand, I start out doing a deep dive into their organization, kind of asking questions and seeking information like, what are you trying to do this year with your business? What are your goals? What are the gaps? What information do you have about your target audience? Who is that audience? Where do they live? What do they eat? Where, you know, How do they breathe? What's their life like? Yeah. And how's also the organization currently leveraging data to inform what they're doing? And are there any gaps there? Things that we can learn from things that we need to fill in. And from there, I'll build out a content strategy for relevant platforms, whatever that might be for the business. Um, and a tactical execution plan that includes a content calendar what that process looks like internally and with me Um, and if the organization requires it I will create the actual content as well so that could be imagery that could be copywriting um, and then we measure we optimize we rinse we repeat Um, when I create my own content for my personal blog, for my Instagram, for those platforms, I actually take a completely different approach. (laughs) I don't have larger business goals necessarily, and I'm not looking for an ROI on my personal time investment because I see it in so many ways still as a creative outlet, even though it's kind of evolved into something more and does play a lead gen role in my larger business. Um, The things that I ask myself personally before sharing content on my platforms are, you know, is the content authentic? Does it make me smile? And can it help someone else today?
0: Yeah, that was my other question of like, how does that really tie into on that other side of the coin, micro influencers and what that even perspective, I, I don't even have that experience of, I guess just being authentic to your own brand plus I guess more so I was thinking of what does that mean on their end in terms of if it, if they ask you to do something else or it's not a right fit or they have different deadlines, like do you face that
1: too Absolutely. I actually say no, or, you know, politely decline the majority of micro influencer kind of content creation requests that come across my desk. And by desk, I mean my couch, because I don't actually have a desk at my apartment. (laughs) Um, Because in all honesty, I think it's easy for people to do this. And you'll see this with a lot of influencers, but their feed kind of just becomes like an advertising platform for anyone who will pay them. And so then it starts to lose its authenticity and it's not really resonating with people. They're just kind of hawking goods for other people, which no, not throwing any shade there, but that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, I only accept a very, very, very small percentage of, relationships and campaigns that are things that I would pay full price for and spend my money on any day of the week otherwise, and things that I genuinely use and that resonate with me. Um, So that's kind of the distinction I make there. But I have to say, even in these past few weeks um, with, you know, the shift in what's going on and people, you know, uh, social distancing, quarantine, all of that, I think that um, we're going to see an even bigger kind of tide of Influencer and micro influencer content coming out just because brands that would normally create, you know campaigns advertising do photo shoots be out in the world um, Don't aren't able to do that And so they're going to be relying more and more on influencers and micro influencers kind of creating their own content in their homes in their way um, And speaking to it really authentically and it's gonna cost them a lot less too Yeah,
0: I have been approached by something but like not ever like really fitting my brands and I feel you on that, where it's just like, oh, like why? Like I, it's not a fit and it's like that um money maker. But I love that advice of gotta stick to being true to you and your stick brand. Stick to your guns, yeah. yeah. In your opinion, what would you say?
1: makes a good brand story? That is a really good question. I think that consumers right now more than ever are giving their dollars and ultimately their loyalty to brands that really resonate with them and feel purpose driven and have a story and those roots. It's not just about the product or the service. It's about how it came to be. It's about the founder story. And increasingly there's this spotlight on the thoughtfulness and the intention behind how things are sourced and made and shipped and all of that, every kind of piece of the puzzle. People want um, transparency with everything. And I think that a good brand story kind of weaves together a narrative that folks feel like they're buying into as much as they're buying the physical product. And I think that there's also kind of a community building and personal engagement piece to a good brand story these days too, where consumers feel like their voices are being heard by the brand and it's really a reciprocal relationship.
0: Yeah. And I love how you were like starting to talk about trends and how brands are going to maybe start reaching out to more micro influencers for content. I'd also love to know, like when it comes to digital, like how would you advise or go about strategy? Do you have any tips or like, does everyone need to be on TikTok? (laughs) Do, Do we have to get on board with everything? Like what
1: trends are maybe you seeing out there?
0: What do you
1: know? Absolutely. And actually, <laughs> anecdotally, I did join TikTok two weeks ago because and I'm in my 30s, mind you, like I am in no way the target demographic for this platform. But I was like, I got to see what's going on. And I did make one TikTok video, but it's not available to the public. So sorry, guys. <laughs> it was made for the entertainment of my friends. Um, I mean, when thinking about strategy, I think it's completely personal to every brand that I work with. I'm not out here peddling a one size fits all content approach because that's not authentic in any way at the end of the day. And so TikTok may be hot and may be relevant to one brand and have absolutely zero ROI for a time and energy and cost investment for another. And that's okay. You don't need to be everywhere and everything to all people. Overall, I'd say Instagram is an essential for everyone. Be there. LinkedIn is great for B2B. Facebook is great for B2C. Pinterest is kind of actually an unsung hero where you're actually going to get pretty good reach. Um, And TikTok is hotter than ever these past few weeks. They've literally seen a spike in content creation and in people joining during the um, social distancing season. Um, And they also have the youngest demographic. So depending on what you're peddling, that could be relevant there. Um, and I think from a content volume perspective, the quality of content is more important than a mandate that you have to post, for example, on Instagram X amount of times a week. Um, however, you are going to see the algorithm favor accounts that are sharing content more frequently. Um, and again, using Instagram as an example, um, sharing content across a variety of their available tools, such as feed posts, also stories, leveraging Instagram Live, leveraging IGTV as well, and kind of trying to incorporate all of those different elements into your storytelling there.
0: Yeah. And so going back to, uh, that was another question that came up of algorithms. They're always changing. Do you recommend a certain, how do you beat it, first of all? And do you recommend (laughs) uh, a certain amount of posts per week? Doing
1: the lives, like what? I mean, the (laughs) only constant about the algorithm is that it's constantly changing. It's not, everything you're doing on that platform is subject to the whims of that platform. It's not truly owned. Um, And keeping up and on top of it can feel like a full-time job, honestly. I don't think there is one way to hack the algorithm organically or to go viral with a post and get a bajillion likes. And I think that anyone who tells you there's a silver bullet is probably not the best source of your information. I think that consistently sharing content, even if it's, you know, three times a week, that's okay. Um, Making sure it's quality and authentic and always ladders back to your content strategy. Um, And engaging with the community in a thoughtful way is how you start to build a presence that resonates. And at the end of the day, I think people are caring less and less about the number of likes, which are hidden now, or just that sheer number of followers you have at the top of your account. but really about who's engaging. um, And I think that that's becoming more and more valuable to brands than, you know, just that number, you have a million followers, XYZ.
0: Do you think, because I think in at least my opinion of what has helped is like when there's like cross collaboration. So like with the lives, Mm -hmm. you're then being exposed to a whole other audience that might not be following you and same of like getting other accounts to mention you and comment, things like that.
1: Absolutely. And that's why such a great, you know, organic tactic too is if you're able to partner with another brand into something like a giveaway or some sort of promotion like that, because obviously, you know, people are going to want to get something for free. We, we love this. Yes. As humans, but you're also, amplifying everything that you're doing um, because you have access to the partners, followers and the people who are looking at their content as well. Um, so you're gonna see your follower count grow up, you're gonna get better reach on that content and some of those followers um, who might not have found you otherwise are going to you're gonna have that kind of way into your brand and then you can hopefully start speaking to them and convert them as well.
0: Yeah. Is there anyone, I would just love to know that you think is doing it well right now in terms of like storytelling
1: or. Yes, actually, I think this is a great example. Um, One of my friends actually, who's a fellow female entrepreneur um, and works in the social media space, clued me into shut the kale up. Have you ever heard of? Yes. I love her. (laughs) Um, I've only really started following her in the past few months and I, and she does a lot of, you know, high-paying, you know, big-ticket influencer partnerships and big brands, but I think that she is going about it 100% in the right way. Um, she shares her life, her family, you know, the process of being a mother, you know, a peek behind the curtain of her business, um, how she kind of keeps sane and happy, but does it with levity and authenticity, and it isn't perfectly polished and aspirational, and it feels really real she directly speaks to her followers. Um, and she says, you know, completely genuinely, Hey, I'm here, especially in these past few weeks, reach out to me. Are you okay? Um, and I think she kind of breaks through the screen and does a really good job. So when she's selling perfect bars, I'm like, yeah, I want a perfect bar. Same.
0: Right. (laughs) I've I've been following her for so long. And sometimes I'll even be like, hey, like, I haven't seen you post this in a while. Like, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh. (laughs) And I have one more, actually. I don't know. And she's a little bit of a smaller following, but she's just phenomenal. Libby living colorfully. Have you heard of her? She lives in DC. She works in social media. She, um, I think has gotten a lot of, a lot of eyes on her account um, just because she is so creative and quirky and playful and she's this amazing plant mom, incredible interior decorator, loves food and drinks and is out and about, but just is totally herself. Um, And I've literally replied to, you know, left comments, you know, replied to things via DM that she shared that I just, that really resonated with me and she's literally responded back right away and is a human and it's great. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: It, it's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you it feel like so connected to them and you've never yeah. met them.
1: I know, right? <laughs> well, that's like our Emma MO more than ever these few weeks, right? <laughs>
0: that's what I felt about Shatha up and Jeanette because she, I think she posted January or February and she eats so healthy, so organically, and she got sick. And this was before all this coronavirus. And I was just like, and she had posted like recently and she's just like, I know everyone keeps asking me. Like that might have been what it is. Yeah, I and it's just that. like that's what I was thinking. I was like, she never gets sick. Like never, ever gets sick. Yeah, <laughs> and it I blew know. my mind when she was like, she was offline for like a week with this yeah. hardcore flu, and I was just like, oh, it, she's the one. It, she, and like, not like that she started it, but like she has had <laughs> it. <laughs> she has had it way before all of us. Yeah. So it has been around much longer than we even think.
1: Yep. That's uh-huh. what it sparked my like, mind. Yep. I remember watching that story and being like, well, I'm just glad they're okay, because I feel so exhausted yes. <laughs> in their family. <laughs>
0: um, I also really, do you follow uh, officially Quigley? No, I've never heard. Oh, I love her. Like, she's, like,
1: yeah, I, I just up. recently,
0: um, I recently, like, followed her, and she's, like, very much into, like, style, but, like, I just love her storytelling. Uh, she recently like posted a couple things recently about her uh, baby announcement, but it's just like so unique in her content. And then like she had a couple of different posts, but then recently it was like her whole story, timeline of her husband and just different photos of her life back and forth and like vintage to new. And it was just like the way she like tells stories, it's so interesting. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But you can tell that it's, you know, it's authentic to her and her yeah. she's not imitating anyone else. She's not trying to, you know, post something because it's trending or she sees other people doing it. And I feel like that's what people really feel yeah. and it keeps them coming back.
0: How would you say like, of finding like your voice? Cause I feel like for me, it was just like before all of this, I was just very reluctant of putting myself out there it's this constant battle of being a brand versus a person behind the brand mm-hmm. and oh, just like yeah it's <laughs> that two side of the coin of like well what do I do <laughs> and it's just like not even until recently with all this stuff going on and everyone doing lives I'm like oh there's someone behind that brand and mm-hmm. that's what you look like that's what you're up to
1: it's weird yeah uh it's so funny I think about this all the time because on my personal brand side, I've actually, even just thinking about my Instagram, I've completely pivoted my Instagram multiple times over the past few years without speaking openly about it at all, just kind of naturally organically doing it just as I've grown and evolved, um, I really used to have more of a food account. It was focused on dining out. It was focusing on my travels. And every caption was a new pun. I just got such a kick out of coming up with that. But then I felt like I was looking around the landscape and everybody was kind of doing that. And I also kind of grew up and grew past that. Um, And what used to kind of perform the best for me was literally like pizza, burgers, and ice cream and dessert. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) That's where I'm like, like, I don't
0: want to steer away from the good stuff. Because like people love the brunch porn, the yolk porn, like dessert type
1: sweets. Yeah, I know. And that stuff, I mean, it still occupies kind of a small place on my feed. But as I've grown up and I'm in my 30s now, I'm turning 33 in June, but who's counting? (laughs) Um, And I've just kind of been on my own health journey and kind of personal growth journey. um, My account is much more reflective of kind of, the things that I see around me in my hometown of New York City. I've been here for a decade, which is wild. Um, When I'm cooking in the kitchen, my kind of more local and authentic travel moments and, you know, kind of still the occasional meal out, but that's just a smaller piece of the pie. I also, and this kind of goes back to what you're asking about too, used to seldom to never show my face or speak about anything truly personal on my Instagram Um, and that's something that in the past six months I've made a really concerted effort to do Um, both from a content perspective kind of showing who's behind the camera, but also from a caption perspective sharing kind of more thoughtful deep dives into my personal feelings and kind of just like where I'm at with business with personal life with all those things and It feels super vulnerable but that's yeah, yeah. the stuff that is has been resonating with my followers more than anything ever before and that's kind of heartening to see yeah so just do it yeah i know i know it's it's terrifying but it is. <laughs> it's totally terrifying but i even if i'm like once every 10 posts i show myself i'm like okay that's that's more than you used to it's a win <laughs> baby steps and i don't know if it's just like with the uh,
0: whole oh pandemic it's just like i just want to try new things like why not
1: totally you're like yolo right yeah. and i mean what's the worst that could happen somebody like trolls me in the comments and is like this is a dumb post i'll be like okay that's okay you're entitled to your opinion you don't have to follow me that's the yeah. beauty of this if you don't like it that's okay you can all move along you know
0: yeah and it's nice because like I've just I've been remote for longer than anyone else (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I've always kind of have been craving this kind of content recently Mm -hmm. and I would only find it in podcasts or audiobooks and now everyone's going live and I'm like oh
1: cool I'm learning so much (laughs) I've still only done live once and it was pre-quarantine but I'm like you know what it's on the list it's on the list of things to try I joined TikTok in the past two weeks anything's possible
0: I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's
1: okay. <laughs> I, it's okay. I and think I think I like I that. flirted with um,
0: what's it called? The other one, the ghost one.
1: Vine or a uh, Snapchat? Snapchat. <laughs> the, ghost <laughs> the ghost one. one? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my god, are we dating ourselves or what? <laughs> We're the same age, okay. <laughs> 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 I'll give you
0: that. So <laughs> yes, um, the ghost one. I, yeah, I flirted with that one just a little bit, just a sprinkle. And I'm like, nope, in and out
1: (laughs) into all of this. Yep. I'm not even on it anymore. Again, it's like, it's such that younger demographic. They're using TikTok, they're doing Snapchat and then, you know, Instagram. But yeah, Facebook, no way. I did
0: love Vine. I do miss Vine a lot. I
1: never did Vine. I never, (sighs) I I literally did not spend time on that platform at all. All
0: right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Bring it back. What? else
0: do I got for you? Uh, On your own, I think you touched on this a little bit, but on your own personal brand side, what pieces have performed well for you? And do you look at trends to develop your kind of content strategy? And do
1: you measure your own performance? A lot of questions there.: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I did kind of speak to this a bit before, so I'll try really hard not to repeat myself, but I You're mean again part, yeah, I mean again, I used to get all the, all the big numbers of likes, especially when those were still visible on like the food porn stuff, um, and I'm sure if I was still posting a ton of that these days it would resonate too, Um, but I've really kind of pivoted away from that. And I honestly, I mean, I have a business account, so I can go in and look at my insights and analytics any day of the week, but I really choose not to let insights and numbers dictate what I'm creating. Um, I can look and I can say, okay, that's interesting, especially when I post something where I'm in it and I'm writing something about my personal life or my business or my failings and my learnings and shortcomings. I am kind of curious, I'm not gonna lie, to go in afterwards and be like, did people like this? Did people share this? Did people save this? Um, you know, what comments did I get? And that is interesting, but I'm never letting that dictate the performance. I'm never letting the performance dictate the content. Um, and if I share, a photo of some, you know, random sunlight corner of a random street in New York City, and I think it's the most beautiful photo I've ever taken, I'm still going to share that, even though I know it's probably not going to do that well. And if, you know, five people out of a couple thousand comment and are like, wow, that is the most beautiful photo, I'm like, word, you know? Yeah. Okay.
0: And did you, or do you at all go based on the analytics of, like, for me, it's like, oh, try to post at nine, three, and six, every day?
1: Yeah. I mean, I post pretty religiously twice a day and I have been for years. So I I post a lot of content and, um, I used to always do when I woke up and before I went to bed and I have been a little bit more flexible with that lately. I mean, mid afternoon, like if you're posting around two or 3 PM, that's usually kind of golden hour. Like that's a really, really great time for engagement. Um, I would say, you know, you can kind of peek at your engagement and seeing what days of the week. Our um, best to post for you if you don't post daily or kind of what times. But um, I also, you know, I'm also a big fan, especially because this is kind of more of a creative outlet for me of not, you know, letting Instagram scheduling dictate yeah. my life too. So there's that. Maybe not two in the morning. Don't yeah. post that. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. I was just going to ask more about like – your thoughts on trends or but it just sounds like you're not for it you're just no yourself authentically yeah
1: no I don't think any of my stuff is particularly trendy but um I'm not particularly trendy or cool so I kind of just go by what I like and what seems interesting to me um And it's funny because actually yesterday I put up a bunch of polls on my stories just to kind of get a sense of what was resonating with people these past few weeks as so much has changed in people's lives. And again, it's, like, it's not like I'm looking at that and letting that dictate the content I'm creating, but I'm more just kind of curious because yeah. even though I'm creating content that I like and that's the, the arbiter, the you know, finger in the wind for what I'm putting out there, um, I think that I want to make sure I'm also not being tone deaf to what people are wanting to see and consume right now. Um, yeah, some of the questions that I asked were along the lines of, you know, a lot of what I share normally feedback I've gotten is whether it's pictures from travel or what I'm cooking, it can be a little bit more aspirational, you know, I've, I've edited it XYZ, um, but I, the overwhelming feedback I got is that people are looking for more raw and real content and they're looking for not, you know, throwbacks to meals I had and trips I took months ago that are, you know, these beautiful photos, yeah. but they're looking for kind of what's happening in the here and the now as I'm yeah. working from home, as I'm cooking in my kitchen, I'm not going out to eat. They want to see what that looks like and yeah. see that behind the behind the curtain, even if it's not the most glamorous stylized shots, but like what is what is the actual real life stuff yes. that's happening look like? And I actually really, really... I liked hearing that. And I'm excited about that.
0: I'd agree. Like, I feel like for me, not to hate, but on anyone, but like somewhat like style, more style focused people that I follow. It's so interesting during this time to see that they haven't been posting much because that is their whole life going out, going to travel, dressing up and taking these gorgeous photos and having this style. And then it's like both of those, like all of your outlets of what your Instagram is based on is just completely cut off. And then they have nothing in terms of content or or sharing much, like with some of them that I'm following, it's just like, okay, then it just kind of, is a standstill for you guys. And I'm just like, but also at the same time, part of my perspective is like, I don't know if I really even want that kind of FOMO right now. <laughs> like, cause I just yeah. really want to travel and go out. Wanderlust, totally. Yeah. Uh, so don't give it to
1: me right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I, really see that. I can't, you're like, I can't go to Paris right now. And yeah. at the
0: same time, it's like, did I really want to even be in that toxic? You know, I feel like I hear this a lot of unfollow people that don't serve you. Mm -hmm. and I yeah with some of these like fashion type accounts it's like oh okay like I feel like I was only following you and it was kind of making me a little bit more just jealous of all these places you get to go to and you know Mm -hmm. the way your like shots look or body look and it's just like oh it's it's provided a different type of perspective I think during this time yeah
1: and I think something that's really interesting too that I've been thinking about is with these accounts you know how they're gonna Pivot. And that could be yeah, yeah. a really big opportunity for them. You know, they could mix things up and do something totally different. Um, and I feel like we're going to hopefully be surprised by people and surprised by the creativity that comes out of this whole, this circumstance. And I for one am here for that and excited for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to ask personally, mm-hmm. what inspires
1: you and what does your creative process look like? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm in New York City in my studio right now. And even though I can't really leave and explore like I usually do, I would say that I'm very consistently inspired by New York City and just kind of like the endless, endless wonder and weirdness and creativity around me. Um, I can't imagine that ever really drying up. Like, half of the photos on my phone, literally, are just tiny moments from my walks around the city, even these past few weeks. Um, Like, I was on a tiny, like, quiet uh, trail in Central Park yesterday looking at the Magnolias blossoming and taking close-up shots of the dew drops on the petals. Like, these are the things that I get excited about, you know, things that kind of make you stop and marvel. Um, And also, I think it's really just the fact that it's the the tiny beautiful moments in everyday life. I think that there's always something beautiful somewhere. Um, And beauty looks a little bit different to each of us, but what's cool is seeing, you know, what different people find to be beautiful and how they capture that and share it. It's different for everyone. Yeah. No, I love your photography. Thank you. Do you take everything on on your phone? Everything on my phone Uh, for years. So beautiful. I've been like, I need to get a camera. I need to take photography lessons. It's, It's on the life bucket list, but I mean everything's on my iPhone. It's so, you're so I, nimble and flexible with it, you know? Do you use any like specific apps to edit? No. None. Really? I actually do try to do pretty minimal editing. I do, I literally only edit in Instagram using the tools that they have. Um, and I'll bump things up and play with them a little bit, but my goal is never to, to take something and fundamentally alter it. Uh, beyond the point of, you know, what it really is, you know, as much as we all want to see a sunset with like purple and orange and blue, if it looked like that naturally, great, but I'm not out here trying to create like anything artificial. Yeah,
0: (laughs) no, I love your photography. I feel like after, um, after the brunch, you did with us. I was just like loving the different perspectives and angles. And I try to do it at my like new farmer's market. I'm like, these look just like hers.
1: (laughs) I love it. But also it's like, you'll have your own unique (laughs) ways. But it's just like trying a different angle. It's like, Oh, this is so cute. I love weird angles and crops in like random corners. Yeah. Like people are like, that's a perfect apple. And I'm like, but look at the rotting one behind it. What an interesting stem. Must capture (laughs) it. You're also so good at
0: puns and like copywriting. So it's an art form. Tell us a little (laughs) bit about like, what tips do you have?
1: Well, I mean, I'm obsessed with language and writing in general. I was actually an English major in college just a couple of years ago, you know, um, and I read voraciously and I just, I love any kind of wordplay. I just find it to be fascinating. So I just, I personally just get a kick out of it. Like sometimes I'll write upon it and I'm like, I don't know if anyone else thinks this is funny, but I'm crying laughing over here. <laughs> and so it served its purpose, right? Um, but I would say with copywriting, especially, you know, for a platform like Instagram, It totally depends on what you're trying to do. Um, If you're doing it for a brand, I mean, if you're talking about, let's say there's like a sale or a promotion that you're doing for a brand, you want that information short and sweet in the very first few words of your caption for it to be concise to the point with details, informative, you know, this is exactly what you have to do to get this discount. if I'm doing copywriting for my own personal posts, I think it's okay to be a little bit longer, to meander a little, to be more raw and vulnerable. Um, I just think it has to fit the the purpose, the goals, and you know who you're speaking to.
0: Yeah. And I know you have a lot of your own specific to you personal hashtags. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many. I do. Tell us about that, because I'm just like thinking in terms of myself, like I don't have the skill set and it's hard to like describe. It's like, oh, here's pancakes. Like, what do you say about
1: it? Pancakes, pancakes are great. Hashtag hashtag.
0: And then I just like flood with like hashtags. I'm like with the algorithm, like, will anyone see this?
1: I don't know. I actually don't talk about my hashtags nearly as much as I should, even though they're kind of ever present, depending on my post. So what I started doing years ago, and I launched my blog in 2016, so it's been a couple years now, was for every um, kind of content vertical that exists on my blog, there's an accompanying hashtag on Instagram, so City is stuff that's going on in the city, in New York City that I capture. Um, Caro's Eats are when I go out to eat, what that food content is. Caro's Kitchen is when I'm cooking at home. Caro's Reads are the books that I'm actually reading. Caro's Drinks, that's like all the coffee, the cocktails, the natural wine places I'm hitting up. Um, And then what I started doing is because I, travel a ton and write really in depth on um, travel guides and itineraries that live on my blog. I created my own proprietary hashtag for each destination so that you can go to my blog, look at that travel guide, know all the places that you want to hit the hotels you want to go to all of that. And then you can go on Instagram and find an accompanying photo diary of my trips. So you can kind of take a look at the overall look and feel of the place of course, but then also you'll see photos of all the places that I wrote about in my travel guide and kind of can see them come to life. So they're all, the format is caro in, and then the destination. So it'll be caro underscore in, underscore Cartagena in Portugal, in Oregon, in Los Angeles, you know, whatever it is. And so for every, every travel guide on my blog, you can kind of go in and kind of feel like you're there, hopefully via Instagram. Yeah, no, I like that. That's really smart. (laughs) Thanks. Speaking of travel, Let's talk about travel a little bit, even Uh, though
0: I'll probably feel some
1: FOMO. (laughs) I was supposed to actually leave for Mexico City tomorrow, so I'm a little sad, but it's okay. I know. It's okay. I'll go another day, you know? I was also supposed to go to Florida for my friend's wedding and my dad's birthday. To hang out with the spring breakers down
0: there? No? No.
1: No. Same time frame. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because spring break lasts... March to like April who knows (laughs) I'm from Florida originally and it's just it's forever (laughs) oh I don't know if I knew that actually very cool
1: that makes a lot of sense
0: then I was also supposed to go to Disney and all that fun stuff oh
1: magic kingdom yeah rip (laughs) yeah I know I know it's gonna but think about how how good it's gonna feel that first trip that we're able to take after this and how much we took getting on a plane for granted right
0: yeah
1: that's what I'm I'm trying to see the silver lining
0: so you're most looking
1: forward to Mexico City in the future? Uh, yes, that literally I was supposed to go tomorrow morning through Monday for kind of a long weekend. Um, it's just a place I've been dying to go for a long time because I think most people think of Mexico City and you think kind of the cuisine immediately which is supposed to be just out of this world. But it's also this really cool design and architecture and art hub as well. Um, there were a couple museums and private homes that I had gotten tickets to, like a Casa Luis Barragán, which are just supposed to be absolutely stunning. Um, and just walking the city, I was going with my sister for her birthday, but um, you know what? We'll do it another day.
0: Yeah,
1: we'll do it another day.
0: Are you gonna plan it for maybe later this year?
1: Yeah, I. Love, you should see my itinerary. It's it's just sick be like, like, does she do anything else besides this? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that we're going to try to go. Maybe if not this year, then we'll go in 2021, right?
0: But besides that, you didn't plan anything else?
1: I actually did have a bunch of trips on the books. Um, I had a wedding in Nashville, a bachelor party in Charleston, a friend's birthday in like Tahoe. I was planning a personal trip to um, Hungary for the fall, which I was really excited about. I'm Hungarian, actually. But um, again, these places will all still be here. A little delayed gratification is not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. What about recipes? Because I know you actually like, review a lot of cookbooks.
1: Yes. I love to cook. And so for as much as I'm posting on Instagram about, you know, meals out, et cetera, I cook every day. I mean, pre-quarantine. Now I cook literally three meals a day. Um, But it's just something I've been doing since I was a kid. And so it's incredibly kind of nostalgic and sentimental to me to be in the kitchen. But I also find it to be really cathartic, like putting on music or a podcast, cooking, just like using your hands and kind of getting lost in that. I just really enjoy. Like I love, you know, grocery shopping and pulling recipes and like making grocery lists, which I know is very strange, but I get a huge kick out of that. Um, but yeah, Instagram stories has really kind of become the platform where I'm sharing what I'm cooking, what I'm eating in the, um, in the day to day, especially now during quarantine. And I think I'm going to start doing a little bit more content around, you know, the, what that process looks like, maybe videos, that kind of thing, just cause I'm home and I'm able to do that. So stay tuned for that.
0: Do you have a favorite cookbook?
1: Oh, so many, so many. Actually, my laptop right now is sitting on top of Alison Roman's Nothing Fancy, which I literally just love. I've made so many recipes from it. I reviewed it on my blog. it's, it's such a keeper and she's a fantastic person to follow on Instagram. I feel like she is just the quintessential. She has so much personality and seems like she's so authentically herself and just like breaks things, break things down in a really real way. Um, and her food is delicious and feels somewhat gourmet, but also feels super, super accessible. Writing
0: it down. I'm a
1: fan. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've always wanted to start a cookbook club
1: oh i actually know someone who who does that or i mean it's on hiatus right now obviously during um quarantine but she's been doing it virtually but she started this club called cookbooking in brooklyn and i've attended her events before and she chooses a cookbook everybody's assigned recipes or chooses recipes in advance and then brings them or kind of prepares them and finishes them at in her kitchen and then there's a big collective dinner and it's just fantastic
0: nice
1: yeah i'm a big fan i want to do that yeah we can do it virtually I've been doing Sunday night um virtual dinner parties with a few of my entrepreneur friends and we all cook the same recipe together and that's fun fun. yeah so lots of room for um to try new things
0: yeah so I was gonna wrap up with a couple
1: final questions yes I'm ready first of all do you love brunch I'm obsessed with brunch (laughs) who doesn't love brunch crazy people what's your favorite brunch meal ooh i would say i'm definitely a savory brunch person not a sweet brunch version but i don't person not version um <laughs> but i want it to be something that still feels thoughtful and flavorful like i don't want just like a random you know sad omelet on a plate with like a piece of toast and old hash browns I want like a delicious frittata with like seasonal vegetables and ingredients I want like some spice I want some fresh herbs I want like some interesting condiments and just kind of like a thoughtful plate I also want to be with somebody who ordered something sweet so I can have like two bites of theirs yes because I never want just the dish of pancakes I want the savory but I need to have a couple bites of the sweet so I need to have some plate I can steal off of that's important
0: I'm the same way. Like, I'm more of a sweet person, but I only want a little bit of eggs or something savory. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so we're a brunch match made in heaven. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we have to be best friends. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and brunch all the time. Yep, exactly. I'll like PG pancakes over Zoom call. <laughs> okay, I miss brunch. I can't wait. Right. You can make it at home. You can do it. I have been a lot. Woo. I
0: know. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Um, I just miss, yeah, New York City brunches, and I feel so much for these restaurants right now.
1: Oh, it's killing me. I know. It's killing me.
0: Uh, Okay. Also, changing subjects. (laughs) Uh, Since this podcast is brunch and learn,
1: what is one thing you've learned this week? I have learned 7,000 things this week. (laughs) Right? I feel (laughs) the same. I always learn. I feel like new things every day and I'm super open to that. But let me tell you, these past few weeks have been just learnings piled upon learnings. Um, I think that I have learned that there are no constants in this current situation. And I need to just continue to tune into myself, you know, moment to moment, literally moment to moment, not even minute to minute, just to see what I need and how I can best serve myself and how I can best serve others, too. Um, as soon as I think I have kind of a quarantine routine locked in, there's a new challenge that pops up and that's okay. So I'm just trying to stay nimble and like feel all my feelings, um, in the present moment and just kind of let everything flow from there and just know that things are going to shift and just ride the wave.
0: So finally, where can people
1: find you on the internet? Yeah, on the interwebs. I live there. (laughs) Um, also in my apartment, but I'm not going to tell you where that is. Um my Instagram handle, which is a great place to start, is Caro Baker1. Caro, like Carolyn, C-A-R-O. Baker is actually my middle name. When I originally ah. started um when I, when I when I started going on Instagram years ago, um I didn't want to put my last name on there because I was like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna be a thing. I don't want people to know who I am. Lo and behold, all these years later. Um so Caro Baker1 on Instagram. My blog is carocity.com. Um, which you're going to find the content there pivoting in the next few weeks to to really just kind of be, you know, there for people at home, not travel guides necessarily. Um, and for work, my business website is carolynsteinconsulting.com. So that's where you can find info on my offerings, my services, kind of what I do, who I work with, and just a spotlight on all of that. So those are kind of my main homes right now, but Hey, maybe give me a few weeks. I might be a TikTok superstar. We'll see.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll see how, how long I'm stuck in my house. <laughs>
0: should i try that uh, uh no. i mean yolo is it like oh well you didn't do lime. okay
1: no i know it's just like it's it's a it's a black hole it's like a if you get into reddit you know you go down a rabbit hole with the threads you can go down a rabbit hole with tiktok too it's a supreme time suck so just beware okay. great piece of advice <laughs> <laughs> you learned one thing guys from this whole podcast watch out You'll you'll spend a lot of time watching like bibbity bobbity boo videos on TikTok. That's where they get you. I did that yesterday.
0: That's all of like Instagram's algorithm of just like they want you to stay on longer.
1: Oh, totally. The only thing we do now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're advertising.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Thank you so so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Yeah. All right. Talk soon. Sounds good. Have a good day. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. Bye.